Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Monday, November 13th, 2023, and this is day 2063 of our journey together. Thank you so, so much for tuning into our podcast. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Our dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much, my Lord, for all that you've done, for all that you are doing for us. I thank you, Lord, for equipping us with the power of the Holy Spirit to go forth and fulfill the purpose you've given us for today. I thank you, my Lord, for comforting the brokenhearted and healing the sick and blessing those who may be in financial need. I ask, Father, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me, In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you again for tuning in. Today's message is don't abandon your purpose. Don't abandon your purpose. That is the enemy's goal to get us to stop doing the will of God. So we're going to be coming out of 2 Samuel chapter 11, verses 1. Through possibly chapter 12, I may jump around a little bit with this. This is about David and and when he got off his purpose, what happened to him? So it says, in the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah. But David remained in Jerusalem. So this is a cue right here. Uh, Just seeing this, that David did not go off to war. Uh, It says in my commentary that in the winter is the rainy season in Israel, the time when crops are planted. Spring was a good time to go to war because the roads were dry, making travel easier for troop movements, supply wagons, and chariots. In Israel, wheat and barley were ready to be harvested in the spring. These crops were an important food source for traveling. So we notice David should have been off to war as well, but he remained in Jerusalem. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful, and David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him and he slept with her. Now she was purifying herself from her monthly uncleanliness. So after a woman's ministration, this was a process that they would go through uh, to cleanse themselves. Then she went back home. The woman conceived and uh, sent uh, the the woman conceived and sent word to David saying, I am pregnant. So David sent word to Joab, send me Uriah the Hittite. Now, let me back up for a minute. At this time too, when she was purifying herself, this was also part of the cleansing from uh, ministration. And it could have been also from this encounter with David. All right. So, so she, David now finds out that she's pregnant. So he sends, uh, he says to Joab, send me Uriah the Hittite. 
and Joab sent him to David. When Uriah came to him, David asked him how Joab was, how the soldiers were, and, and how the war was going. Then David said to Uriah, go down to your house and wash your feet. So Uriah left the palace and a gift from the king was sent after him. But Uriah slept at the entrance to the palace with all his master's servants and did not go down to his house. So you can see what David is doing. He is trying to cover his sin, trying to make it seem like um, uh, Uriah got his own wife pregnant. David was told Uriah did not go home, so he asked Uriah, haven't you just come from a military campaign? Why didn't you go home? Uriah said to David, the ark and Israel and Judah are staying in tents, and my commander Joab and my lord's men are camped in the open country. How could I go to my house to eat and drink and make love to my wife? As surely as you live, I will not do such a thing. This man, man had great integrity. He understood all the hardship the other men were going through in the war. And he was like, I am not going to subject myself to any pleasures at this time, basically. Then David said to him, stay here one more day and tomorrow I will send you back. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day and the next. At David's invitation, he ate and drank with him and David made him drunk. But in the evening, Uriah went out to sleep on his mat among his master's servants. He did not go home. In the morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it with Uriah. In it, he wrote, put Uriah out in front where the fighting is fierce and then withdraw from him so he will be struck down and die. So you notice these attempts, his heart is getting harder and harder at these attempts of trying to cover his sin. He is uh, actually contemplating and uh, has a motive to now kill Uriah for nothing. So while Joab had the city under siege, he put Uriah at a place where he knew the, knew the strongest defenders were. When the men of the city came out and fought against Joab, some of the men in David's army fell more over Uriah the Hittite died. Joab sent David a full account of the battle. He instructed the messengers, when you have finished giving the king this account of the battle, the king's anger may flare up and he may ask you, why did you get close to the city fight? Didn't you know they would shoot arrows from the wall? Who killed Abimelech, son of Jerubasheth, the Setch? Didn't a woman drop an upper millstone on him from the wall so that he died in Thebes? Why did you get so close to the wall? If he asks you this, then say to him, Moreover, your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead. The messenger set out. And when he arrived, he told David everything Joab had sent him to say. The messenger said to David, the men overpowered us and came out against us in the open, but we drove them back to the entrance of the city gate. When the archers shot arrows at your servants from the wall and some of the king's men died, moreover, your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead. Now you notice there are a lot of casualties in this sin uh, 
because of the sin of David. Not only did other innocent men die simply because he was trying to murder uh, Uriah, but also he um, uh, caused uh, Bathsheba to sin. He caused his commander Joab to sin. It has gotten so ugly. David told the messenger, say this to Joab, don't let this upset you. The sword devours one as well as another. Press the attack against the city and destroy it. Say this is to encourage Joab. When Uriah's wife heard that her husband was dead, she mourned for him. After the time of mourning was over, David had her brought to his house, and she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing David had done displeased the Lord. So don't ever think that God doesn't see what is going on. Chapter 12, verse 1, it says, The Lord sent Nathan to David. When he came to him, he said, There were two men in a certain town, one rich, the other poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb he had bought. He raised it, and it grew up with him and his children. It shared his food and drank from his cup and even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler who came to him. Instead, he took the ewe lamb that belonged to the poor man and prepared it for one, for the one who had come to him. David burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, As surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. He must pay for that lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, You are the man. And David uh, was so repentive after that. Verse, I'm going to jump down to verse 11. It says, this is what the Lord says. Out of your own household, I am going to bring calamity on you. Before your very eyes, I will take your wives and give them to one who is close to you. And he will sleep with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret, but I will do this thing in broad daylight before all Israel. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, the Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. But because uh, by doing this, you have shown utter contempt for the Lord. The son born to you will die. He went through so much within his own family. One of his own sons raped his own daughter. It was an ugly thing. So often things that we go through in our life can be because of the sin of a someone from a future generation. We just don't always know. Uh, let's go to our points. Point number one, abandon means cease to support or look after someone or desert them. Have you ever noticed how so many people and things are vying for for your attention, from people trying to sell you something you may not need, uh, but the salesperson makes it sound very tempting. Uh, like for me, like a timeshare. I don't know if you all are experiencing things like that, but I have in the past and I knew I didn't need it. I didn't want it and planned not to buy it and ended up buying one and ended up later after struggling and going through some things, having to let it go. Yeah, if you have children 
and or a spouse, you know you need to give them attention. Then you have friends, other relatives and and co-workers who too are in need of your time and attention. When this happens, if we're not careful, we will abandon our God-given purpose. That's what happened to David. His deliberate, repeated sinning had dulled his sensitivity to God's law and others' rights along with his purpose. When we are in a state of sinning, our feelings are not a reliable guide for determining right and wrong. We, our feelings will not lead us in the way God would have us to go uh, and when we're in the middle of sin, they're not going to let us know, hey, you're doing the wrong thing after doing it for so long. The more you try to cover up sin, the more insensitive you become toward it. It becomes the new normal if we're not careful. Point number two, we too experience various temptations just as David did. How do we flee temptation and stay focused on what God has called us to do. Here's a few pointers. Number one, ask God in earnest prayer. That means you are crying out to him and you mean it from with all your heart to help you stay away from people, places, and situations that may tempt you. Yeah. Or someone else. Um, you know, we don't want to be the cause of our brother sinning. So we're going to do whatever it takes to make sure that we abstain from even the very appearance of evil. My pastor was talking about that a few weeks ago, about how she likes jazz, but she said, you'll never catch her in the blue room because that might tempt someone else to sin or it may create a skewed um, view of her as uh, the leader as of the church, the leader of the flock. Number two, memorize, <clears throat> memorize and meditate on portions of scripture that combat your specific weaknesses. So there's a scripture for everything in the Bible. So pick those scriptures and memorize them. Uh, and then, you know, when that time comes, you'll be able to pull that up from your uh, memory, uh, something pertaining to lusting or sexual immorality or stealing or lying. And you'll be able to, to pull that up out of your heart, that scripture, and begin to speak that scripture and meditate on it. At the root, uh, at, at the root of most temptations is a real need or desire that God can feel, but we must trust in his timing. And then three, find another believer with whom you can openly share your struggles and call this person for help when temptation strikes. We just cannot do all of this alone. And God is always there for us. And he also works through people. We must stay on point with our purpose. God had given a young lady I know uh, who I just... Uh, and uh, I uh, I admired what she was doing, how she stood firm. And I don't think she would mind me saying her name is Sheena. And she uh, just recently um, had to bury her mom. Uh, God um, allowed me to, to do the home going. But before this happened, 
she had a purpose and that purpose was to take care of her mother and i mean this young woman uh was amazing she would literally she would take her kids to their different events and activities she would take care of home and she has a business as well she makes some of the best popcorn in the world it's called devour popcorn it is delicious she has that business and then at the same time was taking care of her mother and she would go to her mother's house every day to tend to her needs and then spend the night uh, every other day or so to make sure her mother was taken care of. That was her purpose at that time. And then God transitioned her mom to take her home to be with him. And that uh, part of her mission was now complete. It is hard and she is mourning and getting through that. And, and she has an array of support of friends and family that are right there all around her. And, and it's just a, amazing to see it. And uh, that's how God would have us to do. But she did not. She did not give up on her purpose, even though it was very hard. And the way I'm describing it, um, you know, it makes it sound pretty easy. It was so much, so much that I, so many things I don't know, but just from some of the things she told me and how she put aside so much just to make sure that her mother had everything she needed. One day when she invited me to come out, I had asked if I can come out to the hospital to see her mom. And she had been there all day, just about sitting there with her mother. And she was there on a regular basis, actually every day at the hospital with her mother and she completed the purpose that God had for her for that part of her life and there are yet more things that God has for each of us to do there are different seasons in our life we raise our children we complete that purpose uh, most of us do that and then we go into another season once they're grown we they don't need us to do that anymore. They should be efficient on their own. So God will give you, uh, in his timing, these different assignments that we must, we don't, we have a choice to complete them. One of the main things that the Lord did for us was sent his son Jesus so that we could be reconciled back to him after the sin of, of Adam and Eve. And one of the things he wants for us is to be with him uh, for eternity. He gives us that choice. And then we do that through salvation. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Glory be to God. I love you all so very much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious unto you, show you his favor, and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org, J-A-C-K-I-E-B like boy, U-Y-C-K-S Ministries.org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. And don't forget to check us out on TZoneKC.org to learn more about what we're doing in the community, teaching our youth about these amazing life skills, workforce skills, entrepreneurship, peer mediation, human trafficking, and DIY projects. 
teaching them how to do minor household repairs. We thank you all for all that you do out there, you know, fulfilling your purpose. And thank you for your support of T-Zone and, and your prayers and your donations. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day, fulfilling the purpose that God has given you. And I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.